let this just read over you and, and just bless your soul this morning. He says, when I think of this, starting in verse 14, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. That's pretty all-encompassing. He says, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources... He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts. I love that. He's like, hey, does God feel at home with you? He He wants to dwell with you in your hearts as you trust in Him, your roots. Now He's not at home. Now he's, He's growing down deep into the soil, the roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how, say this with me, how wide, how long, how high, how deep. Now, now say it like you mean it. Say it like you believe it, okay? How, 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 how is His love. May you experience the love of Christ. Not just talk about it. Not just know about it. Experience it through, though it is even too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete. Some of y'all are searching for something. Some of y'all are missing something. There is a void. Here it is. Here's that void. It's Jesus. That hole in your heart is a God-sized hole. can only be filled by Him. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. That's what you need. Now, all glory to God, who is able, through His mighty power, and it's at work within us. Now, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. There's another version that I like. It says to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. Imagine more today. Can you just dream a little bit today? Get get over yourself and get some God-sized dreams. Imagine even more than you can ask or think. Glory to Him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. And all God's people said, amen. Amen doesn't mean, oh, the end of a prayer. Amen says, I'm in agreement with that one. All right, I like that one. All right, so we're going to dwell in there today. But before we do, go ahead and say hello to three or four neighbors around you. Welcome them, say hello, and let them know how glad you they are here with you today. All right, as you guys are headed back to your seats, I want to say welcome uh, to our Freedom Family online. Glad you guys are joining in with us today. Starla, it's good to see you online this morning, worshiping with you uh, from home today. Um, uh, for those of you who are in the house, uh, I mentioned earlier, hey, we're going to have a pancake party, a uh, pumpkin party right afterwards. We want to invite everybody to, to stay, all right? We provided lunch for you, so that means I get to preach longer. All right, we got food right there for you, all right? So 
Uh, take that for what it's worth. Now, if you're new with us and you're a guest, hey, hey, this is going to be a great opportunity to meet our folks and, and, and get to hang out. Uh, we would love to, at the, at the same time, be able to connect with you outside of the room, too. So at some point, if, if you want to, at, at the end or during the party, uh, we have like a, a welcome card or something like that. You can fill that out or just come say hello and we can and establish a way just to say thank you uh, for coming. Um, so I got a couple things up here a couple weeks ago. You guys uh, uh, blessed me with Pastor Appreciation Month, a uh, nice surprise. Um, and I got a t-shirt that says PB&J, Pickleball and Jesus. All right. And then you guys gave me a little plaque that's a, a pickleball uh, plaque. Uh, too. We ran, if you don't know, we ran a connect group, a Bible study uh, this semester, and it was pickleball and, and a Bible study. And so that's where the term pickleball and Jesus came. Someone nicknamed that angel. I think you did that, and it, it's kind of stuck. Um, so yesterday, uh, Rita and I, we played in this, uh, this weekend, we played in a, a, our first ever mixed doubles tournament for pickleball right here in Los Alamos. And uh, man, it was it was uh, crazy intense. We played 14 games of pickleball in a span of 24 hours over Friday night and into uh, Saturday. So I thought about bringing the chair up here because my legs are are pretty tired, but but I got enough adrenaline to go. And the teams I, that we played were just insane. Like they are just top notch. They are just firing it at you, and uh, you know you, you're trying to duck and dodge and ninja and all these things. And if you've never played pickleball before, I get it. You're like, what's this sport? I don't even know what he's talking about. Suffice it to say, it's a lot of fun. It's really, and, and it's just really competitive in, 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 in this tournament. Well, we went and played this thing, and as hard as it was and hard the, t- the teams were, uh, lo and behold, Reed and I just won the stinking thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was like, we're like, oh, my gosh, wow, 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 wow. Um, and I'm not here to, to, I have a point with this. Uh, I am a little, uh, yeah, okay, I am here to brag, all right? Look at that, all right? Um, take that for what it's worth. But um, here's the deal. The, the excitement over that, it will last for a while, all right? They didn't give us a trophy, but I'm going to hold this for a while, all right? If they, gave us a tr- if they gave us a trophy, you know, we have, everybody wants a trophy. Nobody wants trials, Everybody uh, wants the championship, right? And it's not wrong to want the championship, but nobody wants chains and bondage. What we see here in Ephesians 3, what I read of you, one of the most beautiful scriptures in, in, in all of the Bible, in Ephesians. I mean, it's just beautiful. I want you to imagine how deep and how wide and, and how long and how high is the love of God. That is, it's so big and vast, you can't even measure it, that God's love that he has for you, and you want to soak that in, and all of that is true. But the context behind it is that Paul is sitting in a prison, in chains. Everybody wants the trophy. Nobody in here is saying, I want trials. I want trial after trial after trial. And what we're going to, the question I want to pose for you today is what if, I said, I, I said, dream big today, God-sized dreams, think big, bigger than you can even ask or imagine. So what if God was calling you to be one of the greatest leaders of this generation 
in the world today. You. I know most of us say, no way, not me, not going to happen. Why not? Why not you? And that's the question I pose to you today. That God is, has called you to something great. Now, part of the problem with this is many of us have a very worldly view of greatness. We, we think success, we think money, we think promotion, we think more and bigger and grander and all that sorts of stuff, which it may be like with, with our boys. Now, this doesn't happen all the time, so don't glorify this or in any way, shape, or form, but a lot of times we get to bed and we're tucking in the boys and we'll ask them about their day and, and different challenges. It's a great time to just talk to our boys and invest. And a lot of times, as a dad, I will, not every, again, not every time or anything like that, but it's just like, you know what? God's going to do something great for, through you. I, I believe God's got something great for you. And I remember uh, Jeremiah when he was younger. I was like, hey, God's going to do great things through you. You're going to change the world. He goes, great things, Dad. Like, like he's going to allow me to, like, change the weather and clouds. And, you know, like, he's like it's superhero greatness powers. And I said, you know, and I laughed, and we talk about how awesome that would be. And I said, no, son, greatness, like you're going to change somebody's world. Greatness as in you're going to help a lot of people. You're, you're, you're going you're to be a great dad. You're going to be a, a great husband. You're, you're go, you're, I want to speak those things, greatness in relationships with people and actually serving other people. I see that in them, but I see that in you. In a church, and a lot of times we think of greatness, and we think, "Oh man, I can't change the world." And I'm, and I'm, and guess what? I'm not trying to change the world in one shot. I'm trying to change one person's world, one conversation at a time, one step at a time. And that's how you change the world. That's how you change the world. Paul says, "I want you to see this." I want he says, ah, "Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine." according to his power that is at work within us. So this is all God's working through us. Don't, don't, don't mistake this. But that doesn't leave us just passive in this process. He's at work through you, in you and through you. When you read scripture, when you think of great leaders in history, but I mean great leaders in church history, people who have changed the world, it's ordinary people. It's ordinary people doing ordinary things with an extraordinary God. So all I'm asking you to do is just be yourself and who God called you to be. Use your ordinary. And he will take that ordinary faith and do something extraordinary so that the world will know. Imagine today, I want you to imagine with me, okay? Imagine more. Imagine you have a calling of greatness in your life. That you have a bigger story to live. That your, your, your best years are not behind you, your best years are ahead. Every single one of you. Imagine that that could be your story. Paul says in verse 1 of Ephesians 3, if you have your Bible, that's where we're going to be camping out today. We're going through the book of Ephesians. We are unwrapping treasures through Ephesians. I'm telling you, this book is loaded with treasures and gifts if you will just open them. Most of them sit at the table and they are like our gift cards that we find in our wallet that have been there for years and years and years. Oh my gosh, I got this uh, Olive Garden gift card for the past five years. I've never used it before. It's just sitting there, these gifts, all right? I like the Olive Garden, by the way. Nothing against Olive Garden. I just had a gift card there for five years in my wallet. 
All right, Paul says, verse 1, when I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of, of Christ. So there he is. He's calling out three times in this whole uh, letter in six chapters that he's in prison. For the benefit of you Gentiles, assuming, by the way, that you know God gave me this special responsibility of extending his grace to you. So just an overview of Ephesians, chapters 1, 2, and 3. He, we talked about in Ephesians 1, it's like, man, nobody's got it better than us. You're, a, you're adopted, you're a child. A lot of the songs that we sang this morning, that you are, you have every blessing in the heavenly realms that you could have, Ephesians 1, 3. Like, you just think of all this stuff that God has given to you. It's just boom, 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 boom. That's you. That's truth. That's your identity. Build off of that firm foundation of who God is. All right, so, and then in sec- last week, Pastor Chuck came in, and I love Pastor Chuck. He has pastored me since we started Freedom and has, has been a mentor to me. The guy just, oh, man, he is just absolutely vital in, in, my, in my life and a great friend, and I'm grateful for the message that he pro- preached last week on the poetry. You are the poetry of God. You're to go and live this kind of poetic masterpiece life, that you are saved by grace. That's the gift. You don't have to work and earn it. So many of us are working and working and working, and here's this gift on the table. He's like, no, salvation is it's just you receive the gift, man. You know, and that's a beautiful treasure to unwrap when you fully get that one to say, like, yeah, man, man, this God loves me, and I don't have to do anything to earn it. I just live it. And we've got one more chapter of what I would like to call being. You are a human being, not a human doing. Paul's trying to build you up for three chapters with not one single command. He's not telling you to do anything. He's trying to help you to understand your identity. This is who you are. This is who you are. This is who you are. And we know the enemy wants to tell you and accuse you of certain things, and he's saying, no, 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 no. If you need to know who you are and how God sees you, read Ephesians 1 through 3. Now, next week and in the coming weeks, 4, 5, and 6, he's going to start doing a little bit. Okay, now that you know who you are, now that you know that you don't have to do anything, you just understand who who you are and whose you are, now you can start living this thing out. And he's going to give you some really practical, almost like Proverbs wisdom things that seem common sense. They, okay. But most of us, we get it backwards. When it comes to God, we get it backwards. We want to live Ephesians 4, 5, and 6 first. We want to do, 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 accepting, hoping that that will change who we are. No, 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 no. Understand, get the firm foundation in your identity. All right, let's jump into this because I'm too excited about all of these things. He says, in verse 1, he says, as I briefly, or, 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 point number one, imagine greatness, all right? Imagine God has given you a calling of greatness. Imagine greatness because I have given, been given a plan, okay? Paul writes in, in, in uh, the next verse, in verse 3, as I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. As you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into the plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to the previous generations, but now the spirit he has revealed it to is his holy apostles and prophets. All right, so that's those original disciples. And this is God's plan. All right, what's God's plan? What's his plan? What's the whole arc of scripture? What's the whole Bible just kind of summed up in one sentence? Both Gentiles and Jews. All right, so you're either a blood Jew or you're a Gentile. So this, this is all encompassing, all right? Gentiles are everybody who's not a Jew, even today. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe in the good news, that's the prom- That's Jesus, dying on the cross for your sin and my sin, rising from the dead, that's the good news, that grace of God, share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both, both are a part of the same body, and both enjoy the promises of blessings because they belong 
to Christ Jesus. Everybody's invited to the party. Everybody. What does our world and our culture love to do? Divide. Democrats, Republicans, gay, straight, Israel, Palestine. I'm, I'm not trying to get political. I'm just saying in the good news, everybody is invited. Everybody is loved. Paul gave, got this plan from God because you had Jews and you had Gentiles and they hated each other. Jews hated the Gentiles. They wouldn't touch them. They wouldn't talk to them. They wouldn't have anything to do with them. And Paul's breaking it down in a very, very divided culture to say, guys, games changed. Games changed. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you believe. I've been revealed this mystery, and, and I've got, a, I got God's plan. You want to know what God's plan is? It's not just for the Jews. It's for everybody. So he's recalling in this season, part of the greatness is he's got a plan. Guess what? you got the same plan too. God gave you the same game plan. Whatever field you're working, whatever, whatever, whatever area God has planted you in, everybody in that field, part of the same game plan. You are there to spread seed, spread hope, and be a light because God loves everybody there. He's given you a field to work. He's giving you a field to work, and he's saying, you got the same plan. Imagine greatness because God has a plan for your life. Imagine greatness because he's given you the plan right here. Everybody shares equally in this when they believe. Now, second thing, imagine greatness because I've been given a purpose. Not only did Paul get the plan from God, God says, hey, here's the game plan. All right, he gave him a purpose to go and execute it. He says in verse 7, by God's grace, and mighty power. I've been given the privilege of serving him by spreading the good news. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about this endless treasure available uh, to them in Christ. Here it is, right here, verse 9. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan of God. The creator of all things had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all of this, don't miss this, I'm going to give you a little bonus point on this. Use he, 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 God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heaven places. Paul got the plan, and then he was called by God to go and tell. Hey, don't keep the plan to yourself, Paul. I'm putting you on a mission. You have purpose to go and tell. Guess what? You got the same purpose. Jesus says, I want you to go and make disciples. You're going to be in Acts, like he says in Acts 1 8, you're going to be my witnesses all over the earth. So, so you have the same plan. I've, I'm called the greatness. You're thinking greatness of, like, again, you're thinking dollar signs, square footage, influence, followers. No, 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 no. Greatness in the kingdom of God. You got the plan. And you've got the purpose that you've been called to. Now he says, this is so important. He says that God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom. Now I don't know about you, but when I think about church, sometimes wisdom 
isn't the thing that I'm always correlating with that. I don't know about you and your church background history, all right, but I know a lot of us, we carry a lot of church hurt. We carry a lot of baggage with us. This is one of those verses where I can't dismiss the local church. As much as I've been hurt, hit, hurt, hit, I haven't been hit, I don't think anyway. What? Not yet. <laughs> I heard that. I don't want to miss out on the benefits of what God is doing. He has chosen his bride to be the church, his vehicle, his mechanism, and he has not given up on the church. Church is his plan A. There is no plan B. And he is saying there are, there's, there's unseen spiritual things happening in the, in the heavenly realms where he's using the church, and they're kind of looking in saying, dang, God, that was a good one. Dang, that was, that, wow, how you're doing that, how you're working that, wouldn't have called that one. Like, the, the angels are not all-knowing. Satan is not all-knowing. Read the Old Testament, all right? You see all these prophecies about Jesus, and Jesus fulfilled it? When, when, you don't see many prophecies, or any, in the Old Testament about the church. To say, oh, this is how God's going to do this thing. Satan came to kill, steal, kill, and destroy. So he's always attacking the Jews in the Old Testament, always attacking Israel, and they are falling for it hook, line, and sinker. Because Satan knows there's something coming through that line. He doesn't know what throughout history, so he's attacking that line. Jesus comes, and he doesn't know all the redemptive story, but he knows something comes. So what does he do? Kills Jesus not knowing that that was part of the plan and the redemptive plan as well. Then comes along the church, and it's obvious Satan can read. He sees God's redemptive plan, this go and tell thing, is coming through the local church. So what does Satan do? He's coming after you. He's, he doesn't have many tricks, people. He, he's, got a, he's got a few tricks. He's, he's going to deceive you. He's going to have you cast doubt. He's going to discourage you, distract you, and divide you. What is the church busy doing? We're divided, distracted, discouraged. We, we fall for it hook, line, and sinker. So now that the plan is written and revealed that, hey, God's mysterious plan, this thing called the church, started to be executed 2,000 years ago, and Satan's been after it all along because he knows there's too much power coming through here. You got, you got to be a bigger than the game. you got to see the bigger perspective. He says, man, all right, I've been given a plan. I've been given a purpose. And part of that purpose is not only to be revealed through me individually, but through the church. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. And don't fall for it either. Now, so, so, so I, 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 I'm going to step on your toes here a little bit because I wrote this down. When church becomes optional to you, it will become unnecessary for your children. And I know that stings, but I'm telling you, I, am, I cannot dismiss God's power wanting to work through his local church. And I'm not for legalism. I am not for perfect attendance or anything like that. But I do got to understand there is a spiritual side to the ministry of presence here in this room. And what God can do through his people when we gather together and worship his name and then we scatter into our fields and we go plant and hope. And, do, and that's how you change the world. 
But Satan wants no part of that. He would rather this, the local church, be optional when it's convenient, when it's not, uh, when it's comfortable, I will go. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Paul's in chains here. Let's keep going, let's keep going, because I'm stepping on my toes too. Imagine greatness because I've been given his presence. All right, you got a plan, you got a purpose, and God's with you through it all. Verse 11, he says, this, is, this was his eternal plan, the plan from the beginning, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So God's with you in this the entire time. And he's saying, hey, I want a relationship anytime you want. You are as close to God as you choose to be. Because he's, he's like, come, come, come. Come who are weary and burdened, heavy laden. Come confidently, come boldly. Dream, ask. More than you can think or imagine. It's all right there, Ephesians 1 and 2. Like it's there, it's to your access, it's your disposal. Come, 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 come. Now what's interesting is, then he goes in verse 14, he says, when I think of all this, which we read at the beginning, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to our creator. And I think about how deep and wide and all amazing things and all the blessings and the salvation and, and this calling that I have. I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father. The problem is, where's Paul during this? He's in prison. Imagine the greatness, Mike. No, 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 no. Imagine the greatness, Mike. Like, have you seen where I'm at right now? Do you know who I am? Do you know my circumstances? Do you know what I've been through? Do you know what the church has done to me? No, 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 no. Look at, bring up, bring up uh, verse 1 and verse 14. I think there's a slide where they're both on there. There's one right there. When I think of all this, notice, notice this. Verse 1, he starts out, when I think of all this. Verse 14, he says, when I think of all this. It's almost as if he says, when I think of all this, now, now time out. Before I jump into all the love that God has for you, I want, I want to put in a little pause. I want to bring a little context. I'm not an English major, but it's almost like parentheses here. <laughs> Let's put a parentheses in here, and let me give you 13 verses of, of what I'm going to recall here. I, I, I want to know. I want to know if you're like, when I think of all this, those things in your mind that keep you limited from what God is, is maybe wanting to do in your life. Imagine if God was calling you to be one of the greatest generational leaders in our world today. No, 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 not me, not me, not me. Put a, what would you put in the parentheses there? To say, I'm going to recall. I've been called. I've got a plan. He is with me. There, there's some things that I need to wrap my, put in context here because there's something amazing on the other side. And sometimes we need to get, imagine the greatness, but also imagine the doubt because it's in those verses. Imagine the doubt. He says, when I think of all this, back to verse 1, I, Paul, a prisoner. Man, God, God, God called me like 10 years ago with this amazing plan, this, this mystery of Jews and Gentiles. 
We're all equal share. God loves everybody. And I'm the one. I'm the messenger to go and speak this to everyone. He wants me to go tell the whole world. I've got this plan, and I'm going to go and do it. And I'm in jail. I don't have a phone to FaceTime anybody or go live stream. I'm chained 24-7 to a guard. How am I going to do that, God? Like, why would, you, why would you give me this great plan and purpose and I'm just sitting next to this guy with my life on the line? Imagine the greatness. No, imagine, imagine the doubt. <laughs> where, 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 is it, where are you at, God? Come on. Big vision. Saying, dream big, Mike. Dream big. God's eyes dreams. I'm alone. I'm afraid. I'm weak. Been knocked down. Let's, let's call it what it is, Mike. I'm a failure. God gave me this plan, and here's where I'm at. I failed. Imagine the greatness. No, 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 Mike. Imagine the doubt. Not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be in prison. And I don't know what prison you live in where you're not supposed to be at. Not supposed to be in Los Alamos, Mike. I don't want to come here. It's not part of my plan. I'm stuck. Not supposed to be here in my career. I thought I was going to be farther by now. I can barely even provide them week to week. Month to month. Imagine the doubt. I'm not supposed to be here. I was supposed to have family, married, divorced, and alone. I'm not supposed to be here. Imagine the doubt. Can't kick the addiction every time. Every time. It's just laughing at me in the face. I'm in chains, I'm in bondage. Struggling. You're calling me to greatness today, Mike, and I'm in jail. I, Paul, a prisoner of my circumstances. No, 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 no. A prisoner of my feelings, my emotions. No, 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 no. He says, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Woo! Listen, there's a thing in, in, uh, in, uh, psych- in the counseling world and psychology. It's called radical acceptance. I'm, I'm not dismissing your pain. I'm not dismissing your hurt, your loneliness, uh, any of that. It is real. It is legit. But he's making a, a choice to accept his situation. I, Paul, a prisoner, uh, I, I'm, who am I chained to? I'm chained to this guy, but guess what? I'm chained to the one who created everything. I'm a prisoner to Christ. He's driven by perspective. He's he's driven by a God-sized perspective in this thing. God gave me this, chained me to this guy. Imagine the doubt. What else does Satan use? Discouragement. Imagine the discouragement. He says, though I am the least deserving of all God's people. Did you see that in verse 8? It kind of creeps in there every now and then. He's talking about how God's called him to this plan. God's called him to this purpose. And then every now and then you get this little, though I am, I'm not good, man. 
Can you imagine the discouragement in Paul's life? Look at this in, in 2 Corinthians. He outlines this. He says, I've, I've worked harder. I've been put in prison more often. I've been whipped times without number. Faced death again and again. Five different times the leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times beaten with rods. Once I was stoned and not with weed. Three times I was shipwrecked. And once I spent a whole night adrift to Daisy, and he goes on and on. Well, he was even bitten by a snake that you read in Acts. They didn't even mention that. I'm like, Listen, if this is our resume, I'm out. <laughs> Not here, man. I mean, I don't want these things in your life. Everybody wants trophies. Nobody wants. Come on, somebody's with me. Imagine the discouragement. I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to be reaching the world. I got this great plan. Imagine greatness. And this is it? Nah. I know you. I know me. We're gone. I, I ain't going. Imagine the distraction. Imagine the division. Again, Satan. What's he trying to do? Steal, kill, destroy. Divide, distract, discourage, deceive. Many of us have been deceived. I am praying that your eyes are open today to what the enemy is trying to do and the way he gets us divided. He says in verse 13, so please don't lose heart because of my trials here. He's talking to the Ephesians, trying to encourage them, saying, hey, you guys don't lose heart. Could you imagine he went and served them for years, and then they're seeing Paul, their leader in prison. I'm like, if God's good, and this is, this is the destination, can you imagine this? All, that you don't have to think very far about a church starting to bicker and starting to divide and get distracted off what the main thing is. And he's trying to encourage them, saying, hey, I want you to see what's happening to me here and actually be encouraged by it. To, to grow and be empowered, to, to, to be stronger and to be bolder. To, to, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray and I praise our Heavenly Father. Don't, go, don't fall into the doubt and the discouragement and the distractions and all these things. No, in verse 14, after the parentheses, let's pick up on this. Imagine greatness. I fall down on my knees and I pray. Imagine greatness because I've been given a pen and some paper. I'm in prison, chained, but I got a pen and a paper. And I serve a God who can do anything more than you and I can think or imagine. Skip ahead to the end of the book, 620, one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. I am in chains now. Say this with me. I am in chains now. Paul's in the grave now. Come on, you get it? You get it? Paul's in the grave now. What? Still preaching. We serve a God who can do immeasurably more than you can even think or ask or imagine. We are not dictated by our circumstances. We are not, the, the, the emotions don't get to drive the boat. We serve a God. When I think of all this, let's stand and pray because we're going to close on this. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the, the creator of heaven and earth. When I, I pray that from his glorious and unlimited resources that he will empower you with inner strength from his spirit. The Christ will make his home in your hearts 
as you trust him, you trust him today. I know you can't see it. I can't even see it. I can barely even think it. But do you trust him today that he is able? And may you have the power to understand as God's people should. Remember, those, those heavenly beings are looking at the church. They're watching in saying, oh my gosh, look at the wisdom of God being displayed there. Look at the, God, the wisdom of God. You're thinking, no way God could be used here. And then... Paul had pen, he had paper. My question for you today, on your path to greatness, what's in your hand? Something ordinary. A pen and a paper, ordinary. But someone is moving by faith. You, You may be, nobody wants... Trials, everybody wants trophies. You might be in a trial today, and I'm facing this trial, and God's silent. He doesn't seem to be moving. God, where are you? It's, the situation's not going to get any better for Paul. Dudes in chains. He's not going to get executed here. God didn't remove the situation. Guess what? We are not, we don't serve a God. Who is afraid of suffering? The emblem of the God that we serve is a cross. And while I don't wish a trial on you, the path forward and the purpose to greatness might be through that very trial. But you serve a God who is with you in it and through it all. Jesus said, in life you will have many trials and sorrows I don't want that but he says but take heart for I've overcome the world you holding on to your faith and not giving up in the middle of your trial that's greatness you showing up in the middle of your trial in the middle of your your season, and you're saying, I'm holding on to my faith, not giving up. That's greatness. Serving other people, helping other people, your generosity. What's in your hand? What can I do today? God may not be moved by your suffering. You know what moves the heart of God? Faith. Faith, when he sees faith, woo! Someone who's going through the ringer and they have faith. Oh, that's a heart I can trust. And he says, it only takes a small seed of faith. Woo-hoo. And I'll move mountains through that. I'm holding on to that. I pray that God speaks to you that you may experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to fully understand that you may be made complete with all the fullness of life and power of God. Now all glory to God, say this with me, who is, say it again, all glory to God, who is, there we go, through His mighty power, not ours, 
I'm weak. And he is at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or imagine. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. And that includes us here today. Let's pray. Father, oh, imagine more. Change forever today. God, I, I, I pray that you would show people what's in their hand. Maybe, maybe it's, it's financial. That's what's in my hand. I got some money. I've been given the gift of giving. I'll use that. I've been, I've been given a, a season in Los Alamos that feels more like a prison. But guess what? I've been given. This is in my hand now. And so I have a choice. I can choose doubt and discouragement and despair, or I'm going to say, you know what? You put this in my hand. This season of Los Alamos is in my hand. And you got a plan. you got a purpose. And you are with me. So I'll use that, what's in my hand right now, in this season. And I'll give that to you also. Father, you've been giving me this trial, this addiction, this divorce, this diagnosis, this thing that I don't want. But guess what? It's in my hand. And I can use doubt and despair and discouragement and just fall away. Ooh, or by faith, what's in my hand? You've given me this experience, and I'm going to hand it over to you because I trust you. I've been wounded. I've been hurt. I need you for healing. But also, Lord, there is purpose there. Father, speak in this moment. Change forever today. There's, there's people being set free today. I pray. I pray. I know the enemy hates this message. He is coming in hard to distract and divide and keep us away from this. He don't want you to hear this message. But I pray that we leave here making a choice. I can go two ways with this. I'm in prison and in despair and discouragement. Or I say, you know what? There's the greatness on the line here. There's legacy on the line. If I don't give up, oh, there's a, such a great legacy. If I don't give up. Father, thank you for this message today. Holy Spirit, thank you for speaking to us today. For some of us in the room, we close out. Some of y'all, you, you need a relationship with Jesus right here, right now. That's, that's what God's called you here to is to receive that gift of salvation. Jesus Christ, God himself in the flesh, came and died on the cross for your sin. He paid the price for your sin and my sin. We're not perfect. We need a Savior. And he was it. Not only did he die, he rose from the dead. He gave you hope. He gives you life. He gives you victory. He wants an eternal relationship with you in heaven. What do I got to do to receive that? Nothing. You, you believe in Jesus Christ. Today you want to make him the Lord of your life. He starts calling the shots, and I want to live for him. I want to receive salvation, and I want to live for him. That's that God-sized hole that I've been missing. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster. As well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.